everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along. Uh, yeah, you'll notice I'm kind of smiling and laughing here. It's going to be a funny podcast. Uh, we've just had the cup draw and um, we just had a crazy weekend. And um, We don't know if it's going to be funny, Johnny. Yeah, it may not be funny, but if it is, it'll be at my expense. We are LOI Central. Um, I don't know what episode this is, Dan. I think 32, thir- I think 32. Yeah. 32, uh, one for every county. Um, so we're in association with uh, Collar and Cuff. Uh, hoping to call tomorrow, Decky, tomorrow morning. Um, again, and again. The, the threat continues. You will get a free shirt and tie with your suit. We're in association uh, with Future Ticketing. And um, yeah, so Future Ticketing uh been with us, obviously, for uh, a long time now. And we thank them as ever. And Rocktoberfest, Dan, is this weekend. You may get a chance to meet Johnny and Dan. Yeah, you might get a chance to meet Johnny and Dan. And for a little bit of a change, uh, a change of, I mean, you can try and meet us here in Oliver some weeks. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't do that. Oliver again, a place. Uh, yeah, not we're in a, Oliver Marketing. Oliver Marketing. But um, yeah, Rocktoberfest is Saturday. And this week, a slight mix up on the, we're mixing it up, not a mix up. We've had plenty of mix ups. But on the trivia front. We're going to get to one very shortly. We are going to have. I put my hands up. No, we're going to have uh, the trivia prize this week is a ticket to Rocktoberfest. If the person can, is able to go, you got Rocktoberfest. It's this Saturday. Um, and of course, if you can't go, we'll, we'll sort you out with the brewery tour. But, you know, get your entries in and there's a chance to uh, to be there. And I don't know about actually meeting up with us. I mean... No, no, no. I mean, the last thing you want to do is mingle with your fans. Um, but I mean, you tell me this is a Sorry, we're Johnny, very, we're very suggest dis- to do this regularly, we're to be very, fair. We're also very disappointing individuals. Like... You know, I you know, people come up and say, "Oh, I, I like the podcast," and then they just meet you and they're like, "You're just not impressive at all," and they just walk off. Speak, of speak for yourself. <laughs> I was. That appears to me. What do you mean you don't like the mingle of fans? I know, Every no. time you go on a two day racing tour, you see Johnny in the in in, in the night in between is like on Instagram. You're, you're you're meeting a lot of surfers recently on one of the. That was mad. Yeah, that was mad. Um, did you know them? No, no, just just uh, out in what Tremor is a good town to go out. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I've had. Uh, Were you recognised? Uh, uh, no, no. So, um, just, so you actually just met a lot of. Stra- yeah, they, they, were fr- they were friends of the guy I was having the points with. Okay, ah. I want to make an apology, Dan. Initially, um, oh. I've lots of apologies to make. I I pretty much misquoted you. Uh, in relation to the Stephen Kenny, I mean, I don't think he's going to be the Northern Ireland manager, but the prospect of uh, him, this was lazy journalism on my behalf and that I essentially paraphrased and didn't actually listen back at the time. <laughs> now, I did leave it up for the guts of you, the day. You, to be clear, you included, like, a par- it was like a, a script in a in a soap opera. I imagine a casting, a cast, like, reading this, going, okay, this is the line, like, Dan, you know, quote, Johnny, quote. And I was like, I was like this is wonderful. I actually had to listen back to go, Wow, that's, that's this, is, this is so precisely transcribed. Everybody here hates Dublin Catholics. Um, so like, it, it is the, the It was up all day as well, but I think to be fair, you probably, in terms of the busiest weeks you've had, how would last week be? Yeah, it's busy it, you probably didn't have that much time. No, it was the following day I realised I'd been misquoted by my own podcast on which I am actually listed on the social bio as by me. So I was like, yeah. I mean, so I couldn't reply what to What were you this. thinking? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did I you get like, much reaction? Uh, well, see, I saw we got a load of messages back mm. and i was just like i mean this is like traditional unionist I, I'm, voice i'm so used to i'm so used to like uh you know <laughs> players and people in football team and my quotes been taken out of context over the years i'm like <laughs> yeah whatever lads and then, and then, and then i'm like 
Oh no, I think it's just happened. Now you were unfair on me before, but I did actually say it. Yeah, now, I was slightly out of context, but you, I did say it. I'd be an old school journalist in the mm. pot, quoting what you say and pointing that in quotation marks. Kind of, if you if you'd paraphrased it, it would have been fine. Yeah, but it was yeah. the direct transcript. It was, it was wrong. Was, now you see, and I I want to clarify my point because we did actually have a question in the mailbag about it, uh, but we might as well deal with it now. Like I probably, I, listen, I could have articulated my point better in that context. I mean, I didn't articulate it as clearly as you did for me on Twitter by adding adding uh, sentiment in that wasn't there. I, I think it would be, if you obviously had a Dubliner who had managed uh, Linfield, Pat Fennan was mentioned as a director of football. Mm. If they'd been up there and sort of, you know, managing for years and won leagues up there, could they be a uh, manager of the Northern Ireland team? Very possibly. But I think when I, my point about Stephen Kenny being at Dubliner is someone that's very much of the football community in the South, you know, that actually if you look within the, the uh, like, at times when you've had like Derry City players excelling, uh, I still think it's harder for them to get into the Northern Ireland squad relative to uh, probably an Irish league player, I would feel. Yep. And I feel as a part of like, and I, I'm not, you know, it's just my my observation on it would be that like the, the football community there is quite, you know, and I did joke about the Catholic corner and all that, but to me it wasn't about being a Dublin Catholic. You know, I didn't like, it was you brought in the religion thing. It was more the Irish I'm not league, even sure he is a Catholic. The Irish, you know who I mean? knows, yeah. It's the, it's the Irish league element and someone like to, to go for a Dubliner would be bold, but someone who's so dis, like distinctively sort of associated with the League of Ireland would be highly... Highly unusual. Did he get that asked about this at the Brandywell on Friday? I wonder. I doubt, Probably not. I, I don't know did. where we start, Dan. I mean, that, the, where do we start? Well, where do we start? I mean, we've got a mailbag full of questions, but I, I mean, we can't we can't get away from the, the fact that I mean, we had the big sort of not title decider. Although if it finished in a draw, it wasn't quite the title decider, but it's, it's very likely we will look back upon it at the end of the year as where the league was won. It might just be that that penalty incident in um, in in the Brandywell last Friday. But, but how a game could be so overshadowed by, um, maybe it's just the, the world you live in, but everyone seems to be talking about the, the Galway and the Dock game. I mean, the update's coming through. Where were you, Johnny? I, I know where you were. I, I, was, I was working at Down Patrick, so the only kind of alternative option for me at, was to change to Ball and Robe. But unfortunately, Ball and Robe's timing was totally different to Down Patrick. So if I did the switch, I could have easily made the game in Galway. And bear in mind, it was at the Longford game. Um, a couple of weeks back so it wasn't like I wanted to go to the game but with work I was like okay I'll I'll probably miss this game I'm not going to get out of this and I'm not even sure anyone could have covered me Um, but I, you could say it's a cop out as well I, I found this year a little bit challenging because I wasn't I haven't been involved whereas I've been involved for years with the club between the program and once the media officer for a year so this the, so I didn't go to the game Um, and then there was Derek's doing a, a gesture of a violin yeah, well, I, but the, you so, were working. You were, I, I, was, like, I was. I was on TV at that. So what, it was a decent. You weren't on Instagram. You're actually at work. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was actually like working on live TV, which is big enough, and it's been big enough in my yeah. career in the last year. No, no, no issues. But it was a miserable day. Then you're just and, particularly unlucky that you keep missing, like these premium Galway United games. The biggest, the biggest game for us this season, in many ways, was beating Watford away initially, and I was at that. And in fairness, we were very good ever since then. And uh, we'll talk to Alan Keane about it, but I think Alan is a similar mind to me. Like, we haven't been that great. We should mention we have Alan Keane, Alan Keane coming, coming up from a bit on, of a yeah. Western perspective. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, um, I, so I went on the Craig and James's podcast, the Dundalk podcast. They asked me on, and I, I like, I tipped... Uh, the press box. 
the press press. I tipped Dundalk quite heavily in the game because I've I've seen a good bit of Dundalk and I've seen a good bit of us, and it, they don't really relate. And I I kind of made this point on their podcast it was like Stephen O'Donnell would pick hardly any going United players under the Dundalk team, and he'd, he'd pick Brendan Clark or he should pick Brendan Clark. But other than that, you, you know, you would have thought, well, I have a Premier Division budget here. We've our budget wouldn't compare to Dundalk's at all. Like so. I, I tipped Dundalk then uh, in the race post. To be fair, they were well back. The market came for Dundalk. And then you're watching the game. Corgan has this really good snapshot. Great save by Brendan Clark. Where were you? Uh, at that point, I was like somewhere around the border, I'd say. Uh, crossing from down, like trying to get, uh, and the, you know, the... So how were you, were you getting a lift? Or what was your I was name? getting a lift. Um, ironically, like probably passing, probably passing Dundalk. By the time I got home, I I I, I had to cycle some of the way home because I couldn't get a couldn't get a taxi that day because the weather was so bad. To make a long story short, I had to get a planes, trains, and automobiles trip to down Patrick. But by the time I got back to the Red Cow Lewis, I think it was like two 0 By the time I got back to what was my place of residence, my apartment where I left my bike, I now live ten minutes away on the bike. It was three or four nil. So I was watching I was watching it kind of cycling in terrible weather with my bike resting on a slot that I'd usually use for my use my sort of speedometer thing. And it was nearly 5-0, Dan. I was like, what the actual... What is happening here? And Dundalk were a disgrace. Like, they were... Galway United did a complete job on them. They targeted the keeper. They targeted their defence. And even though Stephen O'Donnell said, we knew what to expect, they didn't. Because Galway United were a lot better than they thought. And there was so much going on. But part of me was like... you feel happy? I, I, or did I was, you feel a bit like oh, there was definitely this is weird. I oh, should there was, be there. One hundred percent. Like there was, it was definitely like when I go back to the days of what this would have meant to me, and you can relate to this as you get older. Yeah. Sport becomes slightly less important. If Ireland won the World Cup now, it still wouldn't mean nearly as much as it would if I were like fifteen or whatever. So it's not like as you get older and you realize like the climate crisis worries the shit out of me. Everything else really like it, it takes a massive backward step, including sports. And, and at times, uh, yeah. And you know, cycling today. It's oh like my God. It's like a moody pop video of the mm. 80s or 90s that was being recorded like, but, your day. But, but so, so sport doesn't, it doesn't matter to me as much as it, as it and I'm not going to apologize for that. But part of me was like, how am I missing this? Jesus Christ. How am I missing this? I knew the draw was on the atmosphere in the place in a game like this. And you've all these, like the Hubenator coming to play golf for the first time and as Julian Canny put up on Twitter he still hasn't played against Galway United he wasn't in the game um, Daryl Horgan you're hosting, over, a, you're hosting a, yeah, you're an an you know what I mean the Hubenator was you could see how annoyed he was at kickoffs and there were five of them um, <laughs> so yeah you were like and Daryl Horgan every time he came in they, they basically knew how to marshal him and Dundalk's defence it was like as if they had no idea what was going on and this yeah. it, and the other thing I'd like to say about the Go United thing is, I this time last year, and this kind of upset the board, and I'm struggling to get back on side in Galway, and I, I respect that um, they were annoyed with some of the things I said when I basically had a meltdown last year. But I was at the end of my proverbial tether. The job that John Caulfield and Ollie Horgan and whoever else was involved in on beating Dundalk, and I know it's not like, I know it's not like ticky-tacky, whatever you want to call it, football. It was... It was four goals, and no team in in either division, I think, has done anything like that to Dundalk this season. So it was extremely effective, and Dundalk barely created a chance in the second half. Like they were so good at everything. Go United, biggest win since the club was reformed. Now play Bows at home, the semi final. I have a stag that weekend, but I will make it. Um, but the stag or the match. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll make I'll definitely make the match. But Dan, <laughs> it, it, like you 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 will notice I didn't I basically went off my phone at half time. Well, I, I was like you. I can't deal with this. I actually can't deal with there going to be a load of messages. Some of them taking the piss out of the fact that I tipped Dundalk heavily to win. I also tipped Pats minus 1. Got that wrong as well. And Alice, you've had a good run on your trips. I wouldn't slag you up that. Uh, but I did. I did. I mean, I did. It was a strange. Without meaning to get in trouble with any of my uh, dog friends, like I, I did find the circumstances of you not being there and missing this. So, like, I just texted you maybe like 25, 30, because I was up in Derry, thirty minutes into the game. Just like I don't know, was it an emoji or just LOL or something? Mm. And you didn't reply till Saturday. And that's very that's the very character for you. And I was like, "What the hell has happened?" Has I, I had this image of Johnny just like getting to three 0 and then just like someone like you know who decides I just need to be there. You know, it's like just the, getting down it's, to like, it's like the end of the Shawshank yeah. Redemption or something. It's, it's you running across like you know <laughs> me running running across to, yeah. like Terryland to try and find you. You know, like getting there at like one a.m. in the morning and you arrive and like people are just leaving. The celebrations are over. It's it's all gone. It's time to go well, home. Say, say the play, like the players that were involved. Like Brendan Clark, I've been friendly with for going back to the days when he was playing for Limerick. Um, Connor McCormick, who was outstanding at right back, was quick to point out that several players were switched onto him and all had to be replaced because he played that well. Played right back for overs, I seem to remember, but he yeah, was outstanding. You're right, yeah. But Stephen Walsh getting the first goal, like who I've been watching for years and really love the fact that he's on like 17 goals this season. But that first goal and the, the photos of it, Mo- Morris Nugent scoring, a player I've massive time for as well. And um, then, but Dan, the, I don't know, the story is as much Dundalk. It I is. mean, Stephen O'Donnell, we'll get to that. We'll come back to that in a minute. But, uh, like it, it, it totally overshadowed that. For the, once, we're 14 minutes into the pod, and I've barely spoken. This is, a complete, said that. This is a complete rarity. Um, um, all breaks down, it's a role reversal. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was Friday. I mean, we did have the Derry Shamrock-Rovers game. We did have... Um, I mean, the, the I mean, St. Pat's were in a bit of bother, you know. Um, Pat's are not playing well. Cork were in a bother. Cork City were a bit of bother mm. with the first division clubs. At a half time, you had this image of like Galway, Wexford, Harps, <laughs> and okay, I think Bowes might have been ahead at that stage. But, um, you know, the crowds are up. I'm not being harsh, but I think you can just imagine them dealing with like a, a Wexford Harps cup final by some talent. weird, like, go to the RDS. By some weird, you know, they'd, they'd pull a crowd out, I'm sure, but you know what I mean in relative. And now we do have this. We have. Um, we have Galway against Bowes with we perfect draws actually perfect Cork draws. City against the Pats so you have the two it's like the the finals in Dublin this year but the rest of the, the quarterfinals and the semifinal have been taken out of Dublin mm. you know what I mean yeah. it's like a, yeah. it's sort of like a, the, the political parties taking their Ardesh out you know let's yeah. get out with the people it's like an FEI AGM let's bring it around the country but mm. then eventually we're like we're going to bring it back to Dublin but there is actually something nice about that that it's not just you know like two Dublin semifinals leading to a final it's there's a sense of occasion even for the, like there is anyway but even for like Pats now are in this they're playing away from home every round of the competition if they get to the final mm. they haven't they were somehow getting to a final without That's playing mad. we had that quiz question a couple of years ago the doc did that in 2019 as well um, and like but you feel like Bowes and Pats have to go and really earn it. Like, there was that sense that, yeah, the competition has opened up when Rovers went out and when Derry went out. But in fairness, the fact that, like, Bowes had to go to draw that and Pats, okay, Harps are, you know, down near the bottom of the first division. But still, they've had to at least, they haven't been handed, like, freebie home draws against weaker side. And now, 
they're the two strongest teams of the semi-final are away from home. Yeah. Definitely. Just by by the end of where they stand. Although, I mean, who knows how good Galway are now. But, you know, um, and they have to, rather than just being a freebie for them to get to the final, they have to really go into a capacity crowd, travel down the country or across the country and go and do it. And I think that's good. And if both paths get to the final, I don't think there's a sense of, well, the competition fell apart for you, lads. I think they've, they've sort of earned it. But, I mean, Cork with Keating back doing magical things and Pat's been ropey at the moment, who knows? And Galway are just different to a lot of what, to a, we talk about the league being quite young and maybe, you know, the dock were quite soft on Friday and maybe Galway are are different to what you will face. And Bowes may not have faced much like Galway this year and the dock just weren't prepared for it. That was the one... You look at Bowes, for example, I think Bowes, for example, like you could say that in the air, there could, can be a bit soft as well. They can be suspect mm. defensively. You even saw against Derry and Danny Mullen and um, you know the the two Polish lads. You know, for whatever reason, they're imposing, but I wouldn't say they're like ter- they're terrific in the air. Bizarrely enough, mm. and Gaffney has caused them a few problems. So I yeah. I, I think that we could have two proper semi finals here, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we don't get that final that you think you might get. Yeah, and like if everyone plays like. Man City, or even if everyone plays like Brighton, it is boring. I I didn't necessarily have a problem with the way Go United played. It was the fact that it wasn't actually effective last season anymore. It was massively effective on Friday night. And it was like it was four goals in the first half, could have been five. I don't care how we score goals if we're going to... And they were like, Walshie's header was an extremely good header. It was a lovely cross. We've good wingers. We've paced exceptionally, exceptionally good signings by John Caulfield this season. That's it. Exceptionally good signings. And they've... Because the one thing I would say is, Dan, like, we, we, you know, getting to the Premier Division is great. You're like, okay, well, Watford weren't... But obviously, Cole United need to sign a load of players for next season. And then you're looking at the game, though, the United, United are like, they'd actually be competitive in the Premier Division with this squad. And that did surprise me. Well, yeah. Bit. And the, 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 the chat and the great point certainly has been that John Caulfield would want to strengthen the squad. Mm. But, you know, continuity for a team coming up. Again, if you have a situation over the winter where you have a lot of players going, loans coming in, you still feel like some clubs are going to be shopping in that market. So, mm. you know, there could be upheaval in various places just by the, na- the nature of what happens. Like, you know, some loan players will go out, you have to get new ones in, and maybe a team that has a bit of... Now, that, that will probably expire at a particular time. Like, you see promoted teams that can come up with that, and it can take them mid, then around the mid-season break, you need mm. your reinforcements. But there is an argument there. But listen, let's, we, let, to let's go to the mailbox. Uh, the mailbox? The mailbox. Uh, the mailbag. And I'm pretty sure we'll be starting off with a lengthy series of God with Dark messages. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Yeah, so here we go. John O'Connor. Well, Johnny Ward saying that Galway had no chance last week. All part of a Galway master plan to lull Dundalk to sleep. Uh, I, Are you actually... This, this, this has the whole year just gone has been the most elaborate John Caulfield tactic of all time he sees so far around corners that you've had a little bit of a follow but actually you're just you're a sleeper you're a plant you've left a media team but you haven't really left a media team yeah and, and last week you were on a tour you're going around the place like Pat Dolan's column Pat Dolan probably still tipping Waterford to win the first division now and you're sort of there going max point I mean we did have a comment about um you know 
your tip in the racing post, Bozeman of the Johnny Putton Dog Cup was a four or five, my bad. Four. Um, you know, you were heard on the press box. Paul Murphy heard Johnny of the Dog podcast last week saying not one Galway player would get into the Dog team. Now, you've been misquoted. Horrible to be misquoted on a podcast, I have to say, Johnny. That's harsh. Um, would you like to revise that comment? Well, I think, to be fair, you did say hardly any. Um, God but like, Stephen O'Donnell could have had the choice of practically. I mean, who would not play for Dundalk ahead of Galway United season? He didn't sign. Who would have been set a house for Galway like, on Friday? Brenda. So, well, Morris Nugent was actually playing as well as Bruder. Morris Nugent hasn't been playing that much. Boyle and Annesley were missing for Dundalk, and they put Slevin. Yeah. yeah, but 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 I I'm a big fan. Uh, anyone who knows me, I'm a big fan of Killian Bruder. I think I still think Clark is one of the best goalkeepers in both divisions. One hundred percent. So our, our back four has been basically the bedrock for our success, but the we between David Hurley has to get a mention because between him Stats and him and Walsh, you've got about forty goals. His deliveries were insanely good, and he's he's gone on to a different level. As is Ed McCarthy, they weren't like that this last season at all. Dan, I don't know what's changed. Ollie Horgan has had some to do with it, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, no, it's it's admirable. Um, like Ryan O'Hara is now talking. Is this Galway side the strongest we've ever seen in the first division? Has been a match match all season. A lot of people certainly knew you weren't Alan Craner. You could tell by the score that he wasn't there. In reference to Johnny, um, uh, Garrett McGann has there ever been a better League of Ireland goalkeeper than Brendan Clark? I mean, now we've come thirty-eight on come, Saturday. Um, what a way to wake up to it! Like I, I don't know if you know if you remember waking up at thirty-eight. Damn, waking up at thirty-eight after that would wouldn't be the worst. COVID, yeah. Um, yeah. Rory Gilson is it possible to cancel this week's show see this is the thing that's a Dundalk fan Rory Gilson it's the other side of it I mean, on, 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 the, on the Dundalk podcast like we were they're basically Craig was speculating Going Night is a more attractive place now for a player next season potentially than Dundalk you it, said that it won, or maybe I said that you did and, say that but they may have, I listened it, it, to it 100% is now 100% unless Dundalk at Europe which is pretty unlikely um, well it's more attractive you don't well it is look it's still Different players will have different mindsets. I, I I totally see your point about the place to live and all of that, but there's still going to be people who like to be closer to Dublin and the idea of moving west they would be in some ways intimidated. There by is it. that. So like I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't 100 say that particularly even lone if even if you had lone players come in or whatever. So that's not that's not strictly true. Um and and money can always talk, but this is the point with Dundalk. No, it hadn't uh, been a great week for Luke Homer. Well, no, no, that does come up in the mailbag. To be fair, um. Because there's, there's two sides to it. There's an Dundalk side to this, there's the Galway side, and then there's Dundalk. Christopher and Miles want next for Dundalk. Um, I want your view on Mo, this, Mo, Can we get, get to the mailbag questions on it? Like, Mola of El Paso, can we have an honest discussion about the impact of Dundalk's ownership post-peak six? I'll come back to this. Mm-hmm. Rossi, is time up for Stephen O'Donnell per League Cup and European run squad not performing? I think Kev Roach had a comment about uh, the Pat's legal case and a, a few quips on, of that nature. Um, and let me see, Oriel Express, is Stephen O'Donnell under serious pressure now or is... Or is just talk from some success spoiled Dundalk fans. Okay, there's two elements to this. There's the Stephen O'Donnell element. very quickly, you could not make up that they're playing Pats on Friday. Yeah. No, no, he really is. Like, the timing is is sort of magnificent. And when you think that's the place where earlier in the season, the players were locked in for an hour after the game. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll come to the ownership ten, thing in a second. I do think with Stephen O'Donnell generally, and I know you, you'd be just accused of giving him a pass um, because you know, I know you're particularly like pally with him and like I got on very well with him and... Um, but I mean, you could see his interview last week, like, there's no doubt, and he, I'm sure he knows it himself, like, it's disgraceful as a manager to go down to a, to a game like that, and to clearly just be so badly caught, it's like, it's like Stephen Kenny in Greece, where you come out and you look like rabbit in headlights in the first 20-30 minutes, when you know that that's a big game, you know that this is your year potentially revolves around this game, and when you turn up for that game, 
and start that game that badly. It doesn't matter. You can blame players and you can make a treble sub as he did, um, but that ultimately comes back to you. And yeah. that, that's massively damaging for him at this stage. In general terms, do I think... Now, the dog has to be careful that post, like it has this sort of decade of success and it's like in England, it's like Liverpool and Man United or whatever. And then you know things go off the rails a little bit and then they just become massively fickle. Like I will just say to balance it up a bit, like in Stephen O'Donnell's last two seasons as a manager, uh, two seasons ago, he was second and won the FAI Cup. And last year they came, what, joined second or third or whatever, you know, with a sort of a, not a terrific squad, say. And uh, this year is not going to end well, but I think... It might get your... Uh, yeah, exactly. But relative, relative, it's not going to be as good as the previous two seasons mm. in every in every sense. But look, we had Eden Birmingham in last week, you know, or two weeks, we're talking about the enjoyable time under O'Donnell and Pat. So I, I generally think that I, I'd be very surprised if pressure come on from above. If it is, then that actually would be very unhealthy. I think uh, if Dundalk were to... Um, part ways with Stephen O'Donnell tomorrow and went looking for a manager that'd probably be looking for someone like Stephen O'Donnell like you know what I mean so I don't think that's going to happen I don't think that's going to happen at all um, you know unless I'm missing something here uh, but I uh, but I also think that obviously it's still damaging internally in terms of like looking for support you know whatever you look to over the winter there's a sense of well you know like that and dog squad yeah it doesn't have the budget of Shamrock Rovers and Derry but still I mean they went and got Daryl Horgan you know like they still have Patrick Huben like you know you look through the team you know they have good players you know who've been around the league now is the balance of the squad wrong there's been some big players that have been injured you know for most of the season it's unfortunate but there is an element of um, they obviously have to do better and is there any argument to be said that they happen to be the one Premier Division team who came up against a very unique style of physical, um, direct and set-piece heavy football that they couldn't deal yeah, with. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and as I said to you, like Bowes will have to be prepared for that. And maybe Dundalk getting hammered is the perfect preparation for Bowes because the eyes will be fully switched on mm. to what they're going to face. Like maybe people saw Waterford get hammered by Cork in the cup and they think, well, that's the difference is miles. And, and you can maybe load yourself into that false sense of security. But I don't know. Like I think we're we're in danger of underestimating um, what Galway did as well. But there's there's a balance between the two. I still think Dundalk look the players they have in the pitch. Like they created as you mentioned. You see, that's my point. As you mm. mentioned, like I know you you felt that defensively they could pose them problems, but I didn't see all of the game. But there was a stoppage up in, in Derry, and you got to see a certain amount of it. Um, of past the honest discussion about the impact of Dundalk's ownership post peak six. Yeah, I, I understand this now. I mean, the, the real danger now is that people start to get nostalgic for the good old days of Peak Six. Because let's be clear, right? They, they were absolutely, the place was gone to shit, right? And it was getting worse. And um, as bad as things have been in recent times, I'm not sure if people still fully grasp the extent of how bad things they were at that time uh, and were going to be in the future if that had remained, right? If anyone says otherwise, I just... I just I, that's that's when this is almost like people now saying just issues issues are bad in the FBI. Just it wasn't as bad under like De, you know what I mean you, Delaney. It's going end that road. It's like no, you don't need to prove your point that way. However, I do think there's a certain lack of. I I don't know what's. See, I think you have you've you've a co ownership there. You've half of the previous ownership, you know, who were there when the club was very successful, and then you have Stats Sports who've come in, and um, has the league moved on? Um, from where they were, like in the, where it was in the mid 2010s, like it has. And did people, I don't know, did people ex- realize how much you need to do as a club now to keep up with the times in every sense? You know, it's not just about your first team staff, but there's no doubt that the lack of vibrancy and energy around the club um, 
doesn't help. Like in you know, a relatively the, small is, provincial yeah, town. Yeah, I know it? this, but it's it's just it, there is a feeling of staleness there, and I do still think that having uh, like you know stat sports coming in, I I think it gives them a certain amount of security. I don't think the club's ever going to be in trouble with local ownership in the sense of mm. it's just going to be left in a situation where it could it could sort of go to the wall or anything like that. I think it gives them that security for years to come, but it's clear that they're not going to commit huge amounts of money. Mm. Um, like. I've met him at the point where they would have a competitive budget last year. And sometimes it comes back to me as a bit of a slag. And well, you said they were going to be competitive, but it was, they came second. It was competitive in the context of rumours going around that it was going to be part-time after peak six. Like that was going around the place. And it wasn't. They've maintained their status as a full-time club that qualified for Europe. Um, but, I mean, there was talk of the whole investment. You look at it now, and like Hull and Shells, um, it's early days, I suppose. But, I mean, Shells got, you know, Harry Wood and, and Jarvis are very good players. There was on the basis other links as well to people uh, uh, potentially taking on over. the basis of the presentation of one or two Liam Senior quotes. Um, mm. You know, which the context maybe you could argue was skewed a little bit. Um, I don't see any sense Damien Duff's been told to change his values to align with the whole manager and. Um, there have been ongoing investment talks but I think there's a lot of people around the club I think inside and outside of it are sort of saying well what's actually happening here like that they, they might feel that the result the other night is a reflection of where the club is at right now and um, so it's drifting a bit um, yeah. and Drifting's a good word. they need to they need to sort of they need to give people something and all, I just think in the past it was it was the club was successful, but the league has moved on. Like you can't do things the way you did before, and also as well, like naturally people say, "Well, you lose. We need to put all our money. We need to get a better squad." And I understand that, but the stuff around the club is important. You know, around the scenes, I think I think for Pats and for you know for Bows, like if they miss out on Europe this year, for example, like when one of them might do that. Like who knows? I still think like their attendances and the energy around the club will make them feel better about coming back next mm. year. Um, and with the dock now, just they're in a fragile state at the moment. But anyway, <laughs> we've barely discussed uh, Derry Shamrock yeah, Rovers. So this is like Derry Shamrock Rovers is like the game of the season. And um, how was there controversy over the penalty? Dan? No, I mean, no. The, what, this, the only reason there's controversy over the penalty. Well, let's see. Roy Higgins came out and said it. I just, I mean, first of all, and and again, obviously, Brad Bradley relates to this. Like Doherty's, it, it was a bad week for Ireland in terms of d- defensive offside lines. You're caught the wrong side, then you're you're basically you're out of your territory here. You're out of your comfort zone. Graham Burke, who I thought was absolutely outstanding, because I could watch, at that stage, I was more or less watching the telly, because I was at home <laughs> at this stage. So if the missus, like, having a glass of wine, I have my, my laptop on one, and then, like, the TV and the other. Great coverage by Virgin again. And I, Berkey, I thought, was brilliant. But I, I obviously really kind of wanted Derry to win the game for the title race. It's a penalty all day long, sadly. No, it is. And, like, see, at the time, you're up there, and you're like, well, see, from the angle where we were in the press box, I think in the ground you would have had a question about offside. I initially. did, absolutely. And it's not remotely yeah, offside. Absolutely. It's not remotely the one thing offside. about the Astro, you can see a line. <laughs> yeah, no, see it's, a just, line. it's just it yeah. just explained why people were going on about that initially. Within the ground that you could see just even you're a little bit low down to the pitch. Um yeah. you're not kind of aerial, you know. So yeah. from where, where we were anyway. So there was there was that's I want to see that again. They realise it's not an issue. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, listen, Thomas Tormey was in touch in the context of the mailbag. Given the venue, how Derry were set up, the match situation, uh, the Rovers attack leading up to the Derry goal was as good as I've seen a team produce. He did point out, I, this is the point, like I said in, in the in the immediate time, it was a bit of a counter. Like that's wrong. It wasn't a counter. If you watch it back, it's a very good goal. I think the frustration for Derry is that at 1-0, they got just a little bit committed. Like Trevor Clark took three players out with one pass. You know, they were... Derry at 1-0 could have put it to 2-0 could have put the game to bed and 
Um, I just think the type of goal they conceded is a is a bad one to concede at that time where they were played through. But from the Rovers' point of view, it is terrific. And he's right. Like on the pitch, it's not a good surface. Lean Burt had a big part to play in the goal. You know, Gaffney back to goal. The one time they just they switched off away from him. Now he was able to turn and pass and, and Burke gets away. And, you know, Shane McLean, if you think about it, not to single out a player, but like, I mean, he's actually been a, a revelation for Derry in the context mm. of where he was previously, like with Finn Harps. Um, but obviously Mark Conley wasn't involved in the night and um, until late on and you just feel like it's probably an area like they've obviously brought in Sam Todd they've been looking to bring in centre halves and um, I think the frustration for Derry is if you look at it they've taken one point from six against Rovers in the Brandywell and the first time round they were probably done by a bit of directness you know and I think maybe with Rovers to be fair to them like at times for all their reputation of their, their commit to always playing ball they actually have a tendency at certain times to go direct when they need to be in fact there's been the odd game where they've nearly gone too direct you could say at times this season in certain circumstances but they actually mix it up to score that type of goal and getting Bert involved. I mean, Bert's got a lot of slagging this year, but actually in that type of game, a little bit of a clever sort of player taking his positions played his part as a squad player. Can I know? just say something again about uh, Graham Burke? If Jack Byrne, I don't know how long more Jack Byrne is going to play for Shamrock Rovers whenever he comes back, yada, yada. If they want to play Poom, Gary O'Neill and Graham Burke as the third midfielder, He's just outstanding, Dan. He's just like he's so in control. But Towel was there too, of course. Yeah, and Towel, yeah. but like, they got, and they've options of and Towel. Box, Towel yeah. is you can see Towel's been called for these big games all the time, but he's he's he was he's just different class on the ball at times, and his coolness for the penalty that's a massive pressure penalty. Yeah, just, it was like as if it was in training, um, and they have their good players coming back, but again, it was just a little. I did feel a bit like. If Derry win this, we've a real grandstand finish. Yeah, no, and Derry and Derry weren't. The thing is, they weren't bad. Like as in Duffy and McMullen, very good. McMullen's excellent. Like mm. he's been a real addition. Um, and I mean, O'Reilly had that chance at one 0 And again, like Derry to me showed him the game. Yeah, like you, they they deserve to be in this discussion, but they just like they they just have these games where. They did several times in the season. It's like they could have got more from that. The cup, yeah. they could have got more than that. Do you remember, Europe, they could have got more yeah. from that. And it's, one of them it's that sense of just that absolute killer instinct to get over the line. Did you? Do you remember Neil Ruddock's goal? Uh, Liverpool three, Man United three. Yes. The last goal. Remember when he was like himself? Yeah, that, yeah. So it was like that when uh, McJanus bangs in the header and immediately headbutts one of the Derry lads, like in the celebration, like literally headbutts him. Like this is going to be something they'll have a great laugh about afterwards. Probably weren't laughing though. I think they were a no. bit sick. Speaking of afterwards, Craig Whedon, any chance of talking about the scum element up in Derry? Direct quote. Now there was a few issues after the game outside. Um, and again, like you can, I'm not ignoring Craig's point. You know that um, I think persistently across the year, like fans of opposing teams have raised questions about issues around the Brandywell, and obviously, you know, the, p- the policing of the venue isn't straightforward. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it was the nature of the. Um, the I will say, like the the nature of the setup in the Brandywell, that all the away fans after the game. It's very unusual that they actually come through that stand all the way through the stand. Actually, walk up past the press box. Well, the Rovers fans walk past us um, had a few few comments from some pod listeners you know along the lines of uh, we're not looking like an old team now are we and uh, words to that effect which is fair enough I would have liked them to all walk, of these players weren't playing in Europe I would have liked them to have walked past with 10 minutes to go yeah. and see what all saying that now there was one or two you know a f- bit of food chucked at us there's one fellow walking along at the press box. Yeah, one fellow walking along just pushing cups of tea over, like with laptops there and stuff like that, and just walking along doing it. And I'm like, 
you know, it's always the 1%. What I would say, Craig, it's always the 1% or the less than 1%, you know, and I think there's obviously issues around dairy, but, you know, a couple of Rovers fans I said to Graham Pascoe, I mean, what's the story with some of these people? And they were like, yeah, there's a few characters here too. So as ever, it takes two to tango with this stuff. And there's obviously issues in dairy, but I would say I did see some of the Rovers fans first up, uh, you know, so, um, but I, you know, anyway, it I think like it, a bizarre it's situation. Tr- it's, tr- it's true. By you, like. Yeah, well, no, like, well, there was, no, and I will say, there was no security nearby. Mm. Like, um, which is all fine. As I said, it's like the point. Like, not, you know, it's just it's the one percent. But again, I would say from even Derry's point of view, I mean, like, there are obviously a few people were chatting, you know, shouting up at the Derry commentators or whatever, which is absolutely fine. But you know, if the result has gone a particular way or things are sort of bit fraught it's like where actually is the security here and I think there definitely does seem to be questions around and, and take all that press book stuff out of it but generally I find the arrangement slightly unusual now I know there's going to be changes to the ground next year you know it's going to be filling behind the goals and I don't know will that affect the entry and access points but there have been recurring issues for away teams up there we have to say that so so I'm going to miss coach well. this week like Dan calls for a PSNI <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> and Dublin yeah, Catholics look, dude, <laughs> if you deal with this in the, in the social Johnny you have to listen to it. I want everything perfect <laughs> Quote. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do a few it. comments we did get nominated for the art I mean oh, like you know oh, it's, it's, uh, it's sorry bad. how did we not born to get nominated yeah. how did we ever even mention this I haven't thought about it once yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we did get nominated for the Irish Podcast Awards so um, yeah what more can we say we just we got nominated we're in we're in good company with some uh, with some uh, national podcasts from around the country so uh, we did yeah, we did obviously uh, it's that fine line and you know, in my view some the people best. just like retweeting praise or tweeting praise people like that it's like no it's not added but then then you're being too modest by not mentioning the fact that it actually happened and you don't want to be too cool for school with it so you have to say listen we're grateful to get nominated it's good um, but you know it's not about the winning it's about taking part you know it's all part of the process the project you can just you know if we lose on the night and there's a seven what's whatever the percentage of seven out of eight is you know that we will um are we barney gumba like senior burns or football in the groin though i mean i don't know i actually also won't be there in the night because ireland, ireland are playing new zealand in an international friendly night that's actually on but uh, andy mcnulty says johnny better get the blazer dry clean for the awards and uh shame was the daughter <laughs> i expect to see Cotsy casey accepting the award serious contribution the year. it is true actually Cotsy, you should be there really in in spirit johnny, Jesus, johnny will be there on spirit i just had a flashback to being in a in a pub and seeing like a photo of roddy collins on the wall in somewhere i didn't expect it at all like I'll think about that. I wasn't down Patrick on a Friday as well, was it? Was it? Was it at the rate? Oh God, that's a mad one, actually. But uh, yeah, mm. listen, we 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 got nominated, so there we yeah, go. Yeah, um, uh, FEI Cup. Uh, did Finn Harris? Have we any the, chance? Like, I don't know. Um, the do you reckon we did. do we have more of a chance than Galway did against Dundalk? Not if you were at the racing boats. Like if you mm. if you had to. Um, put all the if someone had a pick of all the podcasters nominated, like would we get picked? That'd be the point, like. It would be a Golden Cleric type. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> we just vent well, anger. Like, I won't be there, so I don't even have the chance yeah. to censor you. Just like me giving out, giving out about you. It's <laughs> a co-podcast guy here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could anyway. walk out midway through. Um, um, well, we had a few sorry. questions about that walkout last week. We will deal with that at a later date. Um, the FBI well, we haven't uh, dealt with it at all yet, actually. Yeah, actually, we, we need to have a clear air chat. This is all, uh, this is like Johnny Sheringham and Andy Cole here playing together, didn't talk for years. Um, Did they not? No. No, didn't oh. get on. No. no. Met Andy Cole in a pub in Dublin with Dennis Irwin one time, the yeah. ferryman, sound yeah. fella. There you go. There you go. Yeah. 
unlike um, ourselves. Uh, FBI Cup, uh, KG did Harps miss their opportunity. We were subpar last Friday. It's a Finn Harps, uh, sorry, a St. Pat's fan. Also controversy around the throw and leading up to that goal. Yeah. So, yeah, Joseph Van I was John Daly out at halftime for Harps on Friday. He's blessed he got the win. Pats are, Pat, Pats are having a wobble at the yeah. moment, big time. But, I mean, they've still won. And, I mean, Dundalk at home could be the perfect game to just get it's them a mad one Friday. plugged in. It's a crazy game, that um, one. But Dundalk, you have to expect a reaction from them. And you consider they, they, they possibly could have led against Rovers at halftime in Tala. And they apparently played quite well against Derry. But Stephen Donald said himself that they're soft. I do think there's something in it. I, I think I've heard that chat expressed with people around the place that they're actually just an easy team to beat. And maybe if they concede... I don't know. They've come back at times this season, but there's definitely something not right. Not like right, right, right through from the goalkeeper to much spine the team. They've non-League of Ireland veterans there that are getting like literally. Look at they've, they've signed so many players from outside the league. That's I don't know. You're looking at Friday night. They could have done with a an old style Brian Gartland, Andy Boyle type. Thing. Yeah, and they're you know it is what it is. But I, I I actually don't very briefly. I don't remember an interview as like. I don't know, as deep as that interview was and the, the, the tone of the voice and having to go over to the away fans, some of whom had left in the first half. Yeah, it's a, it's a complete, like it's proper. That was with LMFM, territory. by the way. Yeah, so fell out boy. Um, yeah, and sorry, I will say that Pats need to find a reaction from somewhere. You know, they do. Mm. I'm sure they'll be excited about the cup possibilities. They're still in the league, technically. No, well, they are. I, I just can't. I, technically. I think one of the results of the season now is Pats hammering Derry. Remember that game mm. was on Virgin, I think, in around May, like 4-1. And it, it just seems like such, like, at that stage you would say, what, Derry aren't going to challenge this year. What the hell is happening? And Pats are thinking they're resurgent. But they obviously got a little bit of a bounce, the manager change and stuff, but they just need to find their form. Now, as I said, they're, they're playing bad and still winning. You know, UCD and Finn Harps and stuff. So maybe getting back to Richmond and, and you know, it could just somehow like spark them up and bring them back to life. But they definitely need to find a bit of form from somewhere. Um, fell out by James Clark's playing a different set of gears to everyone else. See it every week. He's an amazing player of the month winner. Um, Joe McAuliffe, I think it is, um, he sent a long question in the context mm. of last week's show I can't help but feel that John Delaney is getting off extremely lightly it's a very well thought out message just about the, the court tactics the legal process that have restrained that is I'm not going to get bogged down into the specifics of that but I think in the context of even since we've had uh, last week's show we had the FBI press conference with Jonathan Hill and Mark Cannon we were both there actually talking about funding all the issues I mean this is what it comes back to. Like this, these are our issues in football. We can't really, we've done it before. We'll do it again in the context of a mailbag. But um, I think I like the Joe sort of sent us quite, the sort of thought out message about that. And we'll probably give Joe the mailbag voucher, I think, uh, for doing it. Well done, Joe. Ray Whedon also sent us a long question about RTE site staff versus Virgin Media. I will say, he made the point that there was only like three Virgin staff he could see on Friday versus like 40 when RTE do it. But the point is that RTE do a full outside broadcast, whereas Virgin are doing a slightly different one where they're still taking an LOI TV feed um, and then they, they are having some people on site. Now it's working very well for them and it's probably showing that things can be done a bit cheaper. And also, I think the viewing figures were, were quite good for last Friday. And I then they're like, let's go to the goals from the cup, except the goal again. Well, I, I saw that. I, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, Virgin are getting to the point where like people be like oh yeah virgin you're great but 
they'll have one or two imagine, things like imagine, that. Imagine the, the red, imagine the red zone again, the Friday night. Jesus Christ, look at this. Like, imagine trying to react live to Galway United being 4 0 up against Dundalk. Well, you, you definitely wouldn't have been able to do that. You would have combusted. It, the, the, on you, the bike. You're, you're, well, no, well, Johnny, I would presume if you got the red zone gig, you wouldn't present it from a bike. Who knows? Like, you know, but I'd say if you were in the red zone situation, you would have actually exploded. You would me, have been Me gone. and Dula. Dula would have been like the defendant. He would, Dula would have actually you combusted. You're right. I want you and Dula, Dula in the red yeah. zone. I've, I change everything. Get it done, the FBI. If you can get Johnny and Dulo mm. on the red zone, uh, I, I will subscribe. And if you're trying case. to suggest we'll do this for nothing, you're right. I will anyway. <laughs> David, great. you know Shamrock Rovers got something from Sinclair Armstrong playing for Keeper or making his debut for Ireland. Uh, I am broadly aware of that. Um, I don't think the Ireland one would count because he came off the bench. Um, big sell on apparently. Keep, yeah, there's a big sell on clause, mm. and there's an X amount. The Rovers will be making money from all of his appearances to a certain threshold. I, I probably should do something on that and print mm. at some stage. Jared, with the rugby world cup ongoing, it got me thinking. If there was a fantasy football. World Cup with League of Ireland media people as teams which countries would Dan and Johnny be based in their personalities and where would they finish I mean a, I can't even one. understand the question no, no. But I presume it means like as a football World Cup which team would you be like I would say you would be uh, Ghana like you know very capable but a very like big chance of internal strife happening in the camp and Why causing you just issues say the Dutch then like I mean Ghana Ghana, because they've gone mad every World Cup the I know, last but, couple of times. You know, the, yeah, yeah. You're not as blunt as the Dutch. I'd be like, uh, what about poor Vera Pau, by the way? She's not in the room, but... Um, but then, well, that wouldn't have been surprising to anyone in women's football. Yeah, there we go. Like, um, I mean, I, no one in women's football down? was surprised. I don't know. England? No, I wouldn't like to be England. No. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just feel like being nondescript. Like, I'd sort I of know. be... I'd sort of... I'd probably someone like Belgium. Like, I'd probably talk a good game, but sort of go out semi-finals. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd have faith if Dan were in Graham Burke's shoes, you'd have scored the penalty. Your pressure. Pre- I think he's talking about pressure. our personalities rather than our football abilities. Yeah, in general, though. Alan Burns, given Andy Pilly's in jail and Luke Comer has been banned from another sport, is it time the FBI introduced the owner director test? Well, I think that, that I, be, I believe they're, they are working hard on due diligence. Luke Comer is appealing to be clear as well. The, the Luke Comer thing, um, yeah, sorry. It obviously has nothing whatever to do with Go United, but I have written about this and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's complex. He's out of the country nine months a year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jared Farr, where's the love for the most senior of Leinster Cups? Great crowd. Uh, great crowd. Oh, 3,000? Like what? Unbelievable. What, midweek? Did they think Usher was going to be doing a gig? <laughs> Dermot Usher. <laughs> yeah. J- Jamie Connors, i got to mention himself and this lad beside him, they're both on like 5 nil or something. So they're roaring for like... They're roaring for the correct score or something. Sorry for outing you there, Jim. You might have been on five, but I can't remember what, what it was. But. Once he's not involved in the league, he's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, Leinster League Cup. Where's the love? Yeah, I mean, I still think, I don't know, I, I just, uh, I'd rather a League Cup than a Leinster Senior Cup. Rob, how do the two lads, two lads like your ham, boiled or roasted? Uh, big fan big fan of both. Bacon and cabbage is my favourite meal. But uh, the way we've uh, reared pigs in general is an absolute scandal when you think about it. Like an absolute... 3% of pigs live outdoors. What the fuck is that about? Mm. Uh, we've been indoctrinated, basically, in terms of uh, the food chain and what how we What percentage of pigs animals. would you like out, outdoors yourself? Um... A hundred, obviously. Might, yeah. Mightn't be straightforward. There are a lot of pigs out there. A lot of pigs it's out like, there. It's like capacity issues. Very, very it's briefly. Like, it's like trying to get people into Mount Hawk Park. Uh, which, I'd incidentally, is going to be... I'll be there on Friday. Oh, will you be there? Yeah. Well, it's going to... Virgin Media are going to be piping in the goals from there as well. Probably in response to their goals. You'll, you'll see me on a bike or something, but... Uh, you wouldn't be there with a couple of pigs. Get them outside. No. Uh, outdoors. It, it was very close in a place near enough to, to, to Tralee and Dingle where I tried organic sausages 
like last year and I was like this this literally tastes nothing nothing like what I've been eating for 40 years then I was like maybe pigs should be reared outdoors like you, chicken you have an uh, you have an organic sausage haunt you go to in Dingle do you know the way like you know no no this, this was some a sailor, some sailors that have a woman in every town you're like I've got an organic sausage farmer in every, in every village sounds vaguely sexual <laughs> uh, we nearly done the mailbag uh, let's hope so Evan Caban has Andy Moore been overtaken by sex in Thailand don't even answer that Kev O'Hurley uh, that's a reference to your sex eternal's cross sex at the X comment oh, Kev O'Hurley Rory Keating must be league player ah, of the year beautiful also great to see Caulfield battered and Dawkins I actually felt like that game last week was like if Dundalkin had a comeback he could have said that that game was like the 2017 season you know where, where Caulfield just like won the first half if Dundalk could go back to 4-2 but sadly I couldn't do that because can I, didn't fight can back I just mention all. John as well I, 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 he had every right to think whatever he thinks of me after like my outburst or whatever last season and we've had a fairly tempestuous relationship albeit when I was that guy night he was always brilliant to deal with he couldn't have been nicer in, in the messages before the game last weekend I was like best of luck and we had a bit of back and forth and uh, fair play to him because he's like football is football him and Ollie Horgan it's a I, we have to get them on someday Dan it's but like, it seems to work like organic sausages and dingle uh, Fergal J where does a combined level from Rovers and Derry's benches on Friday finish in the league good question Fergal mm. I'd say high enough up I'm not sure about the keepers maybe but oh, they'll have a chance and a Garrigy we get these questions all the time uh, what big transfers do you, do you foresee in the off season God yeah we'll come back to it why do you think organic sausages should be such a thing like I mean everything should be organic you shouldn't be like rearing chickens well, in it's a big a, factory it's, like. it's just the fact it's a football podcast that would be my main point. Um, I mean, it's a good point you make, but I mean, again, like we're in the sports category of the podcast award. I think we've got, can we enter agriculture now as well? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Whatever. Who, who are we up against? Yeah. We're I, against the I haven't had a pint yeah. in four weeks. Will I go back in Rocktoberfest or will I go back and disgrace myself the night of the awards? Like Either way, yeah. I'll sign up for it. Or the Stag slash Cup semi-final. Anyway, yeah. uh, quiz business before we go to Alan Keane. So um, last week's question uh, was a good one, Dan. Um, it was. Can you name the two players to have scored a hat trick in the FBI Cup final after Maya Dennehy in 1972? It was John Ryan in 1990 and Dave McMillan in 2020. Some people answered one, uh, but we needed both. Kieran Leddy was the winner. He did. And this week's question, which, which for, I came up with, which is which is your question, and it's for the ticket to Rocktoberfest. If you winner. if you can go, if you can and go. if not, Rocktoberfest. Um, a little bit worried about the weather this week, as I am in general. But like, if you can go this week, great. If you can't, it's the normal prize, right? So you can Brewery get there. Interesting one, this one, Dan. Interesting. And I'm not at all suggesting it's going to befall Cork City. But who was the last team to win the cup and get relegated in the same season? Because it could happen to Cork City. It's very unlikely. But uh, there we go. Uh, our Western correspondent, Alan Keane. Yeah, um, without, I don't, mean, don't, don't think there's any comic element to Stephen O'Donnell's interview after the game, but Alan Keane, I did feel that he went, his Galway accent was almost embellished, maybe he was just spending a day in the place, and of course, unlike the person sitting opposite me, uh, you and I, Alan, have never lost uh, our home accents, how are you? I'm good, and yourself, yeah, you still sound like you're the man from Ballygare, huh, Stephen Rovers? Absolutely, yeah, Play, played uh, played an Abbey down the years, Dan used to be from RD, um, look at him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve O'Donnell did, he did have a proper, Johnny, when it, proper Galway Johnny, accent. you haven't been in a Galway United game in Since like several years yeah. in Galway. Yeah. I, I remember seeing Alan Keane play, and did Alan Keane, Alan Keane, do you remember a performance or a result as big as this in, like, when when did Go United have a result like this ever, actually, really? Yeah, I was I watched it, and they were, to be honest with you, they could have been 6-7-0 up at half-time. They were absolutely 
absolutely brilliant all over the pitch. And I think it stemmed from John Coffey's comments during the week. We need to get into the referee. We need to get into them as players. Uh, he, sp- he spoke them up so much. And typical John Coffey got the reaction off the players. But I haven't seen... I've seen a good few games this year of Go United and I haven't seen a performance like that in years. So... Um, yeah, because people are slagging me, Alan. Like I, in fairness, they, they were good the game in, in Waterford, but this was completely out of kilter with what had preceded, in my view. Anyway, I, I did not see this coming. hundred uh, percent. I thought that they've been they've been just cantering through the season. It's been easy for them, and I thought this is where they're going to get stuffed. I honestly did myself because I seen them in Longford a uh, couple of weeks or a week or two previous, and Longford obviously beat them twice this year, and it was poor to watch, and. I was shocked because everyone was like, wow, these, they, you know, they've really turned up. But I think, as I said, the fans that being sold out, the John Caulfield effect and all, obviously Ollie Horgan effect, would ha- I can imagine what the dressing room was like beforehand. Dan. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> we were wrong. Well, you know, Johnny, Johnny did say, to be fair, Johnny, just to clarify, did a Galway United player say to you that they actually got wind of you saying on a podcast that none of them would get into the Dundalk team? Uh, like Alan, you got to imagine, you got to imagine that you look for anything small to motivate yourself as a team. And if you hear that those type of things are being said around the place, I'm sure like when you were winning the league and uh, with Sligo Rovers, I'm sure you pick up on the Dublin media slides or whatever, you know, you can, you, you can, you can find motivation from all sorts of places. Oh, 100% you do. And like, I suppose Johnny's comments were probably, probably were relayed back in the dressing room and they said, look, go out there and prove, prove that, prove him wrong. Or prove fucking going United fan, like. Johnny's working, this, I mean, Johnny's working with John Caulfield. Huh? But like, I, I, that's what I, I said earlier. I was accused, I was accused plan, of this. Carl, Carl Shepard and another cup final involved in, well, another cup game involving John Caulfield. Um, I, I, I was, re- I was talking to the players afterwards. None of them mentioned this until a few days later. But in fairness, like, where did, the, where did this result come from? And also, Alan, what would Stephen O'Donnell have been feeling at the end of this game? Going over to the way fans, those of them who were still there. Yeah, so obviously Stephen, it was a massive uh, thing for Stephen because he was back in his hometown, you know, hometown team, everything. Um, I'm sure he had loads of family there and everything and the players just didn't show up. They weren't allowed to show up. But um, I think Dundalk, it's no... I thought they would beat Go United. I knew it would be a tough occasion, but I think they've been on a downward spiral the last couple of weeks. They have just don't seem to be performing to the levels that they are. And I think, I suppose... With the Shamrock Rovers defeat that they had, uh, they played decent enough, but then they knew that realistic that the league chances are gone. Then they had another defeat that killed their European chances and there was all pressure on them. And I just think they just they just didn't perform for Stephen. And Stephen now, we all know what Stephen O'Donnell is like. He's a winner. That was hurt to them massively. Absolutely massively. Alan, plus, he, would have, he would have seen characters. He would have now... Uh, coming towards the end of the season, he would have seen what type of characters he has in the dressing room and what... What are they made of? And unfortunately, he would have seen a lot of that on uh, last Friday night. Alan, I'm just wondering if you're on holidays or you're out of the country and like the scores are coming through on a Friday night, what, which one are you looking for first though? Are you still, are you Sligo Rovers now? One. Or are you, would you be looking out for the Galway results? I mean, where's your, where, where's your I'm, heart? It's it, it, it hard, it's hard. When I'm, I'm always, what I have is if I'm away, I'm looking at live scores or like that. My two favourites, Galway United and Sligo Rovers. And I get notifications or it'll pop on. I'll always probably veer towards the Premier League because obviously the standard of mm. football. 
but I'll always look at the Galway United results. Even watching on LOI TV, I watched both games with, uh, and in fairness, a little bit of Dundalk, but more so, I probably have to say more, more spiral overs because of the Premier Premier League, you know. Yeah, and of course, you do a bit of co-commentary down there, Colin Shamrock over yeah. Shams and the likes of us giving you a bit of stick over it. But, um, yeah. the, uh, sure, look, that has to happen, sure. I know, I know, it's part of the gig. Um, just yeah. curious then, to, to switch the Sligo Rovers, because, I mean, that was a big win for them at the weekend. I mean, the idea of Galway United going up and Sligo Rovers going down would seem sort of vaguely ridiculous if we'd said it at the start of the season. Then a couple of weeks ago, things are getting a bit choppy now. It's probably a big win at the weekend, but I, I know you're obviously, you are there around the games a lot um, in Sligo. I mean... It's, it's, it must be a, an uncomfortable vibe around the place. We're sort of picking it up from afar. There's a lot of unease amongst fans and a lot of anger maybe around player sales. Uh, Alan, like what's, what's yeah, the perspective? Yeah, they still raised, what, 100 grand at the oh, weekend. I mean, it's something. an incredible club and the fundraising. Mm-hmm. But just what's the, the mood been like around there and what's your take on their season and why it's turned into a struggle? Um, I think, obviously, a big disappointment. And I'm sure John will echo this, that these signings have not performed. Um, when you do take a gamble on players coming into this league, that are not used to it. I always say, wait till six, seven, eight games in. That's where you see where your players are. And unfortunately, they've like Rovers have taken a chance on going abroad, and it just hasn't worked out for them. And uh, they've let John down. And look, John will have learned a lot this season. And look, at I go into town here, I I get it left, right, and centre asking about Rovers, asking about this, you know. So um, the fans are so, so frustrated. Um, they're paying, you know, good money, as you said there. Uh, the draw 108k when times aren't going good it's remarkable what 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 what's what's been brought in um but yes i think the core game really tipped the fans over the edge where there was no effort no desire no hard work and for me the sligo rovers out the years they will back you to the hilt but if you don't show effort on the pitch they'll come down on you hard and i think that's what really really um pushed them over the edge was the core game and look the ucb game on saturday night was no great um no, not a great game at all. It was poor, to be honest with you. Um, they got a bit of luck that they hadn't been getting all year with the OG. And then, obviously, Barlow comes on, uh, adds a bit of energy, and they score. But they labour to the win. So you worry. You worry now that do Cork City, are Cork City going to pick up on two or three wins? I don't know. Uh, they have a tough, tough uh, run-in, as, along with Sligo Rovers. But I still think Sligo Rovers have the chance. They've drawn it and Dundalk. Uh, I think they can get a win or two there. Yeah, I'm just looking at the fixtures here. I mean, Sligo Rovers, it's Derry home, Bowes away, mm. Pats away. So, I mean, three clubs, but it's something to play for in all of those games. Dundalk at home, Drawdead home, as you mentioned, and then yeah, yeah. The, la- the last night away against Shamrock Rovers, which, I mean, that could obviously be a huge match or the league could be over. It's so a horrible It could be a different... Like, that's a... Mm. I mean, on, like, you've got 18 points there. Drawdead will be safe is the like, only thing. At the moment, how many points can you see them take? Like, it's, it is... It, it's not It's not over, Alan, I guess. I guess that's what you're saying. It's not over at all. No, 100%'s not over. And especially with Cork with the game in hand, if, if Cork City win their game in hand, it puts the pressure right back on it. And you kind of look, as I said, I looked at the fixtures and you go, where do they get the result? But the mad thing about Sligo Rovers this year is they could go and beat Derry uh, yeah. next weekend. That's how mad, that like they could get a performance. They have uh, performed already against Derry. Uh, they're performing in the team. But for some reason, the last couple of weeks, it's like they've just, win the confidence, it's like they, they, they've gone into their shell. They don't seem to be playing that free-flowing football. Um, but I think on 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 
I suppose Saturday night just gone. They got back to basics. It wasn't pretty, wasn't ugly, but just hard work. And you could see by the team selection what John came out with. He brought Brushy back in goal. You know, he had Greg Bulger, Dave Cawley in the in the side. But obviously, you look back, Max Matt had gone, uh, Aidan Keane had gone at the start of the year, Max Matt had gone halfway throughout the year, and then obviously Luke McNicholas, the keeper, gone. So it has been difficult for him, and confidence around the place hasn't been good. But as you said, you look at the result, you look at the fixtures coming up, and you kind of worry. But Cork City have equally twice as hard uh, fixtures. Yeah, no, they do. The only thing about Cork is that they do have a game with UCD left on the run-in, which is away from home. Yeah. So that is the one thing. But yeah, just looking at their games, just in case people aren't aware, they're not switching on to this. They play Shells away on Friday and then they have a, their game in hand is away to Dundalk on Monday. Obviously Dundalk in, um, not in great form. Then they're at home to St. Pat's the week before they place them in the Cup. They have to play Shamrock Rovers at home, which will be refixed because of the Cup. Uh, and then yeah, UCD away, Derry oh. City at home and Bowes away at the end. So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. Yeah. If you feel like Cork would beat UCD, if you have that in your head, like you know, they they might have a gimme three points there. Although they've they've struggled with them again previously, they didn't beat them in Turner's Cross. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a live I, I have to give John Russell a lot of credit. I think he's kind of this is extremely challenging. But before you go, finally, will you be in uh, Galway for the game against Bowes? And Jesus, Alan, like what an atmosphere that's going to be. Yeah, I, I was straight away I was looking at my work schedule. I said, gotta get that off, gotta go because the last time we played the semi final, uh the, the late Mark Farron scored against us uh one nil semi final, Derry City. Oh yeah. Jeff Kennan Jeff Kennan and myself centre half. We got beat one nil. Derry were flying at the time. Uh we were rock bottom. Um great atmosphere and it's gonna be better. So look at Bohemians probably would prefer the home draw, of course. It's going to be difficult for Goa United. Bows are, are, are flying it as well. But uh, Cup semi-final, who knows? It's Center, going to be absolutely bouncing. That's all I know. Centre half with Jeff Cannon. Yeah, right? what, what, yeah. what was that like as an experience? We, I, Jeff was an absolute legend. He was, jeez, I, I looked one day and said, this fellow's won a Premier, Premier mm. League medal, you know? Didn't he get uh, the medal at Blackburn, like, even though he hadn't quite enough caps? Yeah. They gave it to him anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he was, he was telling us, he was, he, he was a great lad. He came in halfway through the season that year, as you know, we had Tony Cousins for that and he, he obviously lost his job and we were like rock bottom and Jeff came in and just totally re- revitalised the club and we had an awful lot of injuries that day uh, and you know we went on and we gave a good account for us I suppose last 1-0 as I said Mark, Mark Farron Lord of Mercy and him scored mm. he was elite that time and uh, I'm not sure did Derry I think Derry got beaten that year in, in the in the final I think they did yeah that 2008 yeah yeah. I think they, they, yeah. was it the, they lost in the shootout the Bows and the RDS mm. it's kind of hard to remember so yeah, yeah. Um, well listen Alan thanks a million for your time and um, we shall see you in Terryland uh, in yeah. Uh, yeah next month obviously will you be doing the same thing now again with Bows as you've done for Dundalk yeah yourself and John Coffey it's a question of it's a question of how many really for full plan yeah this, this uh, is the how, I'm how, telling do you, Alan, how do you deal with that it's, the, it's the longest expert like this is a plan that's come to fruition they've been sleeping for nine yeah. months on this one this big fallout it's all a ruse it's the ultimate ultimate game playing uh, and it worked perfectly Does it, is there a go on the Bows podcast and talk about uh, how you know none of the Galway players were getting the Bows team that's the way to do it John that, there's a play good man Johnny but keep it up keep it up yeah it's, it's great to be unwittingly very good at something thanks very much <laughs> I remember knowing you in a past life and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now whether you liked it or not you, you, you sort of struggled with the idea of people being better than you at something right and say if it were football and I, I can kind of get this as well where you, Sorry, you, you, you were like you, you kind of had a lot of self-confidence right um, Jesus. So I'm, but I remember saying to my father how 
I mean, I'm probably was quite young here, talking maybe 12, 13. And I'd played, I played for the representative team with the likes of Andy Moore and for the Roscommon League. So at that point, I was doing okay, and I had another year, and I was playing pretty well. And I was saying to my father, basically, I want to be a fresh footballer. And he's like, it's not going to happen. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to be anyone flashy. I just want to be like a Jeff Kenna. Make a li- oh, that was your man. And then he ended up managing Galway United. And then he's assistant Dean Foster. Subsequently, manages Galway United and Dundalk. And now I think he's in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. After being with the England. Saudi Arabia. So, um, fair, I, I mean, I, I, think you, I think you've also misquoted me again in the context. Of no, no, you pretty much did say that. No, I don't you, think you, I you struggle with the idea. And remember, remember then when you remember oh, fallibility when, and like fall, mortality. Remember, remember when we did the leave and start then, and you didn't get enough points. Oh, that's when I was seventeen. That doesn't count. Yeah, but you were hot headed. Yeah, you, you didn't get enough points to go to DC. Sort of a role God Almighty! Then. Like what an absolute result for you. you. Got to meet the likes of Dermot Looney, Rory O'Connor, and UCD and all that. But you were really upset that you didn't get the points to journalism DCU. Uh, it's because I didn't study. If okay. you well, if you had, you and I would have been in college together, and never be would not be talking anymore. Absolutely um, certainty. Absolute certainty. It is mad because DCU was a pile of shite, and. I was doing so little in DCU that I ended up going to the bookies out of boredom and that got me into racing, which I had no interest in. Bizarre stuff then. And look at you now. Look at me now. Uh, I mean, again, <coughs> I, I'm not sure if I completely agree with the representation there, but you know, he could be right. Um, uh, but anyway, Where are we? I don't know. This we're, weekend. We're in yeah. life. This weekend's games, Friday's games, Shells and Cork. Um, big game that. I mean, they're all big, really. Um, St. Patrick's Select and Dock. Ah, that, that's Live a, and that's Virgin. Absolute banger. Wow, it is, really is. Yeah, Drada United against Bowes. Uh, history repeating. UCD Shamrock Rovers and then Sligo Rovers. Derry. It's a big game for Derry. Like, just. Gotta win. Th- th- it really is. It's mm. huge for them. And the, the, the league was won in Sligo last year, wasn't it, when Derry dropped points? Although it was mm. over then, anyway. Um, then on Monday, we have these back matches St. Pat's against Drada. Uh, Dundalk against Cork City be interesting to move around Oriel if they do, do badly on Friday uh, and then Bohemian Shells on Monday which is a terrific game and then in the first division as we mentioned um, it, it, it's likely to be game over on Friday so we've got Kerry against Galway in Mount Hawk Park of all places for Galway United to finally win something in my lifetime it's like Tralee but you Mad. will be there You just to be I clear will, will be there. you Short will be there Short of, I actually haven't been on the bike earlier. I might I might be dead by then, the way the weather is. Well, uh, listen, if this is our last pod, I, I hope it was a good one. Wexford Bray, Cove Ramblers, Finn Harps, uh, Longford, Waterford and Treaty against Athlone. And there's fixtures on Monday, of course, back matches as well. Wexford against Longford and Galway United against Finn Harps. Yeah, so there should, we go. should mention Wexford. Give it a lot against Cork. Really, really um, give it a lot. Just weren't good enough. 24 minute, yeah. Um, and the Rory Keating story hasn't finished yet this season, which is quite mad. Thanks to Alan Keane for coming on Rocktoberfest you might get to meet me and Dan yeah, friend, of the, friend of the show Vinnie Corey was talking and going but now he, he has a birthday dinner on Friday night I mean what what sort of excuse it's is on that? Saturday night the birthday dinner I thought he said okay the, the birthday's yeah. on Friday again um, we're just talking about people that no one else knows but I mean brother of Paul yeah well, one, time, one time League of Ireland two time League of Ireland player do you reckon your brother likes to be referred to as brother of Johnny brother of, Michael uh, imagine yeah. just being known as the brother of Johnny Ward I do remember my crowning, my, my happiest time in terms of my general like place in life was when I was at a wedding with my then girlfriend in my mid-twenties and the wedding was like her side of the family, nothing to do with me. And in the middle of the bar, she was introduced as Johnny's girlfriend at basically a family wedding. And she was like, uh, sorry, you're my uncle, like, you know. It's like Harry Anfield. <laughs> Unfortunately, that relationship didn't work out. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I've no come I've no come back to that. Thanks for listening. We were in association with Future Ticketing Rascals Rocktoberfest coming up. And of course, 
Decky, I might be in tomorrow. Colour and cough.